Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. At least I think that's what it's called. I'm Paul. And I'm Ken. This week, Ken, it's back over to you. Go for it. Porternity leave. (laughs) I'm not making this up. This um, relates to people who get a dog. And it's an actual thing. It is now creeping in. It's a big thing in America. And it's now creeping in over the pond. (laughs) I hardly know where to begin. (laughs) I am not a dog owner. I am not Mm. a dog lover. I don't hate dogs. I just don't particularly want them around me. Mm. Everybody in the world, as I found when we had lockdown, everybody in the world has a dog. Yes. Uh, As a dog owner yourself, you've got three of your own. (laughs) The lifestyle of of walking doggies every day, rain or shine, (laughs) does not appeal to me. The problem that I've got is that we're crossing into an area now where dogs are almost being given human state. (laughs) And um, again, I'm talking to a dog owner. You love dogs. You've always loved dogs. Having time off because your dog has had a pup or you've got yourself a new dog. Do you think that's a sensible move? Obviously, when you get a new dog, you do need to spend time with the dog and get it used to you and things like that. But there surely has to be a line (laughs) And you know, if you choose to have a dog and you need you then you need to spend that time with it to get it used to the house environment and whatever, you know, potty tray toilet training or whatever mm-hmm. whatever you need to do with the dog, then that should surely come out of your annual leave. You can't be given special dispensation because then where where does where it, does it I've end? Got a cat. So I've got a goldfish. <laughs> this is uh, This is my problem with the world as we're going now. It's where does it end? Because (laughs) the COVID thing has been a huge game changer in terms of work. Mm. Jobs, absolutely no way under no circumstance. You you know, it can't remote working. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, we can actually. Um, (laughs) And what happens when there's another pandemic? Because there will be one happening. Pandemics happen all the time. Mm -hmm. At least every sort of 10, 20 years, there is a global pandemic. Maybe not as serious, but they do happen. So the the actual rules of working, they've shifted massively, even in our time. But where do you stop? Where where does the, the line get drawn where people can get time off paid? That, to me, is a ridiculous reason. I, I, I mean, you are a dog owner and you seemingly don't agree with it, that <laughs> you should get automatic paid leave for... for the, the only thing that I will say in its defence is, I think that something like a, a dog or a cat, more so I would say for a dog, bereavement leave. Because mm. they are they yeah. are a member of the... I do, even though I don't particularly want a dog, I do <laughs> recognise they are a... They're not just a, an animal, they are a, a member of the family. Yeah. People do get very upset, particularly if, you know, it's, that's your only companion and your dog dies. So I, I get that bereavement leave, you know, a couple of days compassionate leave, that I can be more sympathetic yeah. to. Uh, but poor eternity leave. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's 
Yeah, I mean, our two older dogs are brilliant. The newest one, Olive, was we got her during lockdown mm. and she's never known anything other than complete both attention. Of us. Yeah, we, I mean, when, you know, when we're working from home, she's not with us in the house. She's with, you know, she's with the other dogs roaming the streets. <laughs> so, uh, she, she's now got into, uh, into the habit that if she sees one of us, you know, through the kitchen window, she's in the conservatory on, on her little chair. And then she sees one of us in the kitchen. She knows that we're in. So then she howls, you know, until she gets let in. So, which obviously we try, we're trying not to do because there's going to, there's going to be a point when neither of us are in. She's going to have to learn that there's not always going to be a human there. Mm. But, but yeah, they, there's the argument that, well, we're all entitled to paternity leave or mm. you know parental leave, which we discussed a couple of weeks ago. So, what if we either decide not to have kids, or what if we you know we can't have kids? Then we're, I'm losing out on a year's paid leave <laughs> because of not having kids. So, what? Why can't I get a dog and be off for a year full pay? I'm not saying that's an argument. No, I agree no, with, but but it's. I mean, saying it out loud, it. It sounds less reasonable actually saying it out loud. You know, <laughs> we've got a dog, you know, and and it's going to need some adjustment period. But yeah, you've chosen to get a dog, but people frequently choose to have a baby. It's no mm. real difference. It's just the fact that you know it's not a human. It's this is not something that you have brought into the world. You have made the conscious decision to go out and buy something you know is going to need you, and, and you, it's not like one of you is going to give up work to look after the dog or. I just think it's you're going into into realms now where you're opening up doors. Once they're open, they can't be shut. And you open one door that automatically opens a lot of other doors as well. Well, like you said, well, I've got tropical fish. <laughs> I'll need to make sure that the waters are climatized to them before I can come back to work. Yeah. I can't leave them. I've got koi carp. You know, do you know how expensive they are? They they need regular looking after. I need to make sure that my my water babies are oh for <laughs> water baby. Yeah. We I'm sorry, Charles Kingsley. <laughs> One of the things about having kids as well is that kids grow up mm. and eventually they you know, they need to go to nursery and school. And so there's a cutoff point where they don't need you to be at home all the time. Whereas if you're at home all the time with a dog in the first, say, six weeks that you've got the, then that dog isn't going to grow out of that. The dog's going to become used to yeah. that. And there's never going to be a, all right, you're two now, you can go off to <laughs> doggy nursery because they're going to be like, no, no, there's always been a human in the house. So you have to now stay at home all the time. Otherwise, I'm going to be traumatized. But dogs never grow up. They, no. they, they need you there from the day you get them to the day they die. Mm. They're not like cats. You can't you can't put a dog flap in the door. <laughs> They're a very loyal, loving pet. I've, I've been around, you know, people with dogs, and you see them, and they're just constantly happy to see anybody. They don't care <laughs> with it, unless they've been the train to attack everyone that they see. <laughs> they're just a very loyal, loving pet. They just want attention, and, and they want to play with people. That's mm. all, that's all dogs want to do. Yeah, but you can't leave them. I mean, it, frequently now. Dating in your your early forties, 
every single person has a dog. So <laughs> it's worse than having... I, I've never minded... Uh, I mean, everyone that I've had long-term relationships with, they've had kids. Mm. It's part and parcel of that person. They come as a package. That's the thing. But they're not there all the time waiting to be let out or walkies. Yeah. Kids are... <laughs> Yeah, you know, they might be split between parents, you know, a, a weekend uh, with the dads or what have you, or, you know, they'll go off and play in their rooms or something and look after themselves, you know, nipping out for a, an hour or so. Yeah, fine, whatevs. Dogs you can't do that with. We're going we're going away overnight. Well, who looks after <clears throat> the dog? I yeah. Mean, and I've had that scenario where a dog is a very tying thing. It's a, it's a completely different scenario to having a child. Yeah, it's, there's no evolution when you have a dog. You're there for 15 years with exactly that scenario, and it's never going to change. No, the, no, and and that's it. As you as you've said, with kids, I mean, if we wanted to go away for the weekend, then yes, obviously you'd most, have to put them in kennels. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, that's what we normally do. But mo- most of the time, obviously, the kids will come with mm. us. If we're going somewhere and the kids don't come with us. There's always people who are willing to look after kids because kids are, for the most part, at least for a night or two, quite fun. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, if I said, oh, Ken, we're going away for the weekend, I'm bringing Kobe and Mabel round. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> ah! there would be, I would. I would. <laughs> if you ever asked me to look after the kids, I would do it in a heartbeat. If you ask me to look after the dogs, I would run a mile and then run another mile to get away from the mile that I've just run from. Yeah, it's the two completely different things. Yeah, and it is, as you said at the beginning, a lot of people are humanising the dogs. It does get a little bit silly. And yeah, you know, fair enough, if you if you can't have kids mm. or, or whatever, then it's nice. And, and a lot of people, a lot of the time, when you get sort of elderly people who maybe... Yeah, they want companions. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. you know, a, a little dog around. You obviously don't want to be adopting a baby at the, mm. <laughs> at the age of 80. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're not babies. They're one of the things that I hate is fur babies. You hate that as well. Oh. I mean, it's just silly. I, <laughs> See, I, I dated a woman uh, a few years ago, and we were, we were together six months. Wonderful woman. I don't know where she is. I hope she's very happy. <laughs> Stunningly beautiful. I was punching well above my weight. and But she had this bloody Akita thing. And it was a perfectly friendly dog. It was not an aggressive dog. Mm. It wasn't an Akita. It was a husky. Um, but it was... Oh. But they're enormous yeah. things, and they just molt all the time. Yeah, the house was a multi-story dog bed, and the dog slept in the bed. Oh no, 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 no! Because, and I quote, "I'm his pack leader." <laughs> okay. I mean, I look back now, six months. Uh, the the red was, flags were there. <laughs> the red flags were there. She, she was beautiful. My goodness me! But so you, oh my, the things men do for women. And on another, I've been discussing this today with my, my parents. Um, I wanted to set my parents out somewhere. And there's a little tea room out in Haslingdon that I've been going to for years. Mm. It's a very old sort of oldie worldy tea room with 1920s and 30s music playing on gramophones and things. And a huge range in, in set into the wall that's got the kettle on it. And mm. it's always lit. And it's, it's just a lovely old fashioned tea room. But it's changed hands within the past 12 months. And the new owners have started serving dog meals. Right. At the table. 
Okay. I don't know where to begin. So, I mean, as they posted this on the Facebook page and I said, I, I will not be going back. What? No, 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 no. We, we sanitize everything after every... You want me to sit at a table and have afternoon tea on a seat where a dog's been sat <laughs> as a table where it's been eating dog meals and then I sit there. I don't care how good your sanitizer is. That's not hygienic. <laughs> No. I mean, you get pubs and things, uh, particularly in the Lake District. And, yeah, you know, we, yeah, yeah. And that are dog-friendly. There's a couple of pubs near where we live that are dog-friendly. And it's great. It's really nice to take the dogs out for a walk and sit down at a table with a pint. Dog can have a bowl of water mm. on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, dogs that just jump up and sit at the at the table. It, it is. It's, uh, it's See, I don't worrying. like dogs in pubs, but country pubs are an exception because mm. that's uh, the walking routes. Yeah. Y- you expect that in country pubs, but I don't want to go eat in a meal where dogs are up on the furniture and no. or furniture where dogs have been and eat a nice meal. It's just not hygienic. No, it's it's a strange a strange thing. I, I get it. Lots of people have dogs, put things on. A lot of places we went to, where did we go? Uh, this is great for podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cue thinking music. <laughs> the Shireburn Arms. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, which is a lovely place. We've been to a wedding there um, and we went for Sunday lunch a few weeks ago and they've got a dog menu, which is just sausages basically we i mean we didn't take the dogs with us but the dog menu is served to the dogs in bowls on the floor there's nobody would dream of letting the dog actually sit on on the chair and eat from the table it's that's that's very strange but it started creeping in now and i used to see it at the hob inn where you'd get people and they'd come with colossal (laughs) dogs absolutely enormous dogs yep from the pouring rain (laughs) So and and you will know full well what dog smell is like after a wet dog wet walks. Dog. Yeah, mm. it's often often been said there's nothing friendlier in the world than a wet dog. <laughs> yeah, I'll come to within a foot of you and then shake my fur. <laughs> I don't know what the the deal is with that, but they cheerfully just let these huge dogs, Labradors, Retrievers, hop up an Alsatian for God's sake. <laughs> these are huge dogs. They should not be on the seat. No. I don't, I just don't get where dog owners don't understand that not everybody loves your dog as much as you do. It's just, to most people, it's just a dog. It's not a member of the family. Mm. And people that don't have dogs don't necessarily want to be jumped all over by your dog and told, (laughs) oh, he's just being friendly. (laughs) Sure he is. I don't want to be mauled by a dog. (sighs) So it's become a bit of an anti-dog rant, this episode, which I do, I recognise how friendly and wonderful and loving dogs are as pets. I do, I see it. People mistreat their dogs terribly and those dogs are still loyal to Mm. that person. They're just a very loving animal. Yes, they are. But I think there does need to be a line in the sand. Yes, they are still, they're still animals, they're still pets. Yes. So I'm going to whip out the boas and we can decide (laughs) feather or not. Poor Turnity Leaf, <laughs> which we've gone a long way off. It's an important thing. I'm going to give it a one. I think it's, it's just one of those dreadful ideas that's creeping in. But, and it's not in itself, but it's just, like I said, you're opening doors that can't be closed. And mm. it just opens the doors to all sorts of other piss takery that people will take full advantage of that hold us back. 
and are basically taking the piss out of people who aren't in that situation. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree. We definitely, this needs to be nipped in the bud. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just leave it, leave it there. It is something I can see probably becoming a bigger issue if, you know, people change jobs and they're like, well, I was allowed poor Turner to leave in my, my last job. Uh, you know, starting to be silly like that. But yeah, we had to raise our dogs without such luxuries. Yeah. They've all turned out. Uh, <laughs> Please don't insult me by finishing that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be pleased to hear that I'm going to round us off with Twitter twat. Yay! That's my opinion! This week's victim is Twitter. <laughs> I gave myself a voluntary Twitter ban recently because I just could not stand any more of the insane hatred that Twitter is all the time. Just people being outrageously horrible to each other from anonymous accounts. Mm. You don't. Uh, Twitter is one of those those social media sites where you don't need to put your real name or have. Well, none of them. You have to have your real picture. But Facebook, generally speaking, has to be your real name. You can't. Mm. You can get around it, but most people don't. And you can say the most hateful, horrible, uh, incendiary things and get away with it. And it's yeah. it takes quite a lot. To get a Twitter ban, unless you're a middle-aged white male. <laughs> Just the, the level of, of outrage and hatred in the world is distilled on Twitter. And it's, I, I just had to get away from it for a while. If, I, if it wasn't for things like promoting the podcast, I would come off it altogether. Mm. I don't think it's a healthy place whatsoever. You can't have a rational conversation with anybody about anything. You're either all for or all against. You, you, whatever you say, you are some sort of phobe. And facts are completely irrelevant on Twitter. It's who's got the loudest voice. So if, if somebody says something, it could be the most factually accurate statement in the world. But if you get a Twitter pile on, you're finished. Mm. It doesn't, if you've got the wrong opinion, you're finished, even if it's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's been an example of that in the past couple of days. So again, going back to the trans rights debate, which again is not a debate, but I think it was talk radio did a, um, a Twitter poll, which was, can women have a penis? And this is obviously going along. You're the, asking Twitter that. Yes. And, and it was <laughs> exactly. So they, they posted this in all seriousness. We're, we're having a debate about this. Can a woman have a penis? Yes, no, or don't know. And obviously, you know, the people who listen to talk radio or the people who follow talk radio on Twitter straight away, no, obviously not. This is ridiculous. Um, and then one person a, who's a trans rights activist got hold of this, retweeted it and said, come on, come on, guys, you know what to do. Oh. Within minutes, it had gone up to like 95%. Yes, there were about 20,000 people voted. All the, the gender critics were like, oh, well, this isn't fair because she's retweeted it. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, first of all, how is this even a thing? The whole reason why you asked this was to get angry people shouting at each other. And then when it doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, then you just get angrier. It's, it's just an example, oh. yes, why Twitter is deservedly going in the bin this week. <laughs> As a final note, there are a lot of uh, media channels that have popped up in recent years where 
the premise appeals to me. Mm. So things like talk radio and and LBC and um, there's, a, there's a few others I can't think of off the top of my head, but the idea that it's debates. Um, GB News to an extent, I've not really seen enough of it yet. I need to, to have a look because all I've heard about GB News is that it's this horrible far right thing. I suspect it is not. I just need to look at it and, and weigh up um, the, the tone of the thing. But the trouble is they all drift into that, what could be, I don't know, an Andrew Marr or Andrew Neil. Hmm. But, but yes, but they, the debating programmes where everybody's got an equal voice, hmm. they're not. They're, what sensational thing can we come up with today? Yeah. So everything's angry all the time. It's, there's no measure to it. Yeah, he's got, he's got, it's almost going back to the sort of Jeremy Kyle yeah. kind of just, I've got to say something controversial because because no one's, I mean, nobody is going to watch it anyway because it's shit and it's that guy who thinks that concrete grows on trees. But, but yeah, they, it's like, what can I say? Because the only way they can get any publicity is to say something stupid or hateful that gets retweeted on Twitter and that's how these people get their lifeblood. And it's like, come on. Because <laughs> every now and again, you do get someone on these things that's that's quite insightful. I know you're probably going to have a different view, but Julia Hartley Brewer. Oh, I know, I know. Oh now, every now and again, something will be that she'll say or do will be taken out of context. But whenever I've seen her <laughs> in actual proper interviews rather than clips or sound bites, it's been quite measured. But it's it's lost in this sea of concrete growing idiot. Oh, that's just a car crash of an interview. <laughs> that's a terrible one. But see previous episode for a clip of that. <laughs> which is why I, I would love for more Radio 4 style, which I suspect, again, you've not heard because it's not really your sort of thing. But Radio 4 debates mm. are very, very measured. There's no hysteria because that's not the audience. People that are invited on, they know that's not the audience. Every now and again, you'll get your Angela Rayners who are hysterical about everything, whether it's trade unions or the price of a pound of butter. But the vast majority of people aren't because they don't get those people on. Because Yeah, because the audience won't respond well. No. Yeah. And it's not healthy mm. to be on the ceiling all the time. Twitter's not just on the ceiling, it's punched its way through into the loft. It's uh, it's just a bubbling cauldron of hate. I'm sure out there in, in the interweb, there are even worse places. I believe there's th- uh, 4chan and 8chan oh, I've yeah. never been exposed to, but I believe that they're really, really bitter. Yeah, I think they're the ones that the likes of Hopkins go on once they get banned from Twitter. It's, it's just another level of hell. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, but Twitter, the world would be a better place without you. Um, it's just, it's horrible. <laughs> That's my two penneth. <laughs> With apologies uh, to our listeners who follow us on Twitter and, and send us comments. But that part of Twitter's nice. <laughs> there are nice people on, on Twitter, aren't there, Frankie Pie? But yeah. um, the vast majority of Twitter is just a angry miasma of bile. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bile, what a good word to end on. I believe. <laughs> bile, bile, everyone. <laughs> Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. 
For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.